0: welcome back to the winner Heard this podcast my name is Nate Robinsonoff and I'm here with Joseph Tillman what's going on today you know man we just
1: here uh, about to do a podcast I guess
0: yeah I mean yeah
1: that's true <laughs> that's a fact I guess it's not just an I guess it's a it's really happening
0: huh well we're currently here doing this oh, so. that's true all right well first of all everyone go to patreon five dollars click all the buttons around the things. Like and subscribe and notification bell and knock the down thumb. So today we're talking about murdery God and how God does murders.
1: <laughs> I love the way you phrase that. Okay. Well, maybe I don't love the way you phrase it. I'm not sure. But we, yes, we're going to talk about God and people dying.
0: So last week we talked about Old Testament versus New Testament God. Mm-hmm. And so now this week we're getting into the murder part of God. Old Testament God, mostly.
1: Right. Because he does
0: so much murders in the Old Testament.
1: (laughs) We will clarify this as we go through the episode.
0: (laughs) All right, so first question. So God is supposed to love everyone and be nice and take the wheel. So why does he just murder people en masse, like, all the time? All
1: right, so, okay, you're right. God is love. But God is also just, he is righteous, he is merciful, he's all powerful and all knowing. So God is all of these things, yet he holds all of these things together at once. So I think unfortunately, most people want to start off with the fact of God is love and that becomes like the first premise, right? right? God's love, because he's love, he needs to be nice. And therefore, conclusion, he shouldn't murder people. Okay. Right. All right. And, and, I, and I wouldn't use the word murder here. Okay. And so I would use the word take life. All right. He does take life. I'm not, I'm not disputing that. We will get into the whole, you know, murder. Syntax here later, but
0: you can say kill people as nicely as you want, but they're still dead.
1: (laughs) They're dead. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not denying death is happening. All right. So, but point being, I think we're starting with the wrong premise when we start with the premise of God is love. The wrong premise? That's the wrong first premise
0: of this topic or of everything.
1: Uh, Of anything in which you invoke the fact that God is love, therefore dot, dot, dot.
0: Oh, so like I think I won the lottery because God loves
1: me, right? I think. Well, and I, I'm not denying that God. I'm not saying God doesn't love us. Okay, right. What I'm saying is, unfortunately, people are ascribing love as God's greatest attribute. Okay. Or or like that is his essence. Okay. And what I'm saying is, attribute or love is an attribute. Okay. But it is not the essence of who god is the essence of who god is is murder (laughs) no okay no the essence of who god is is that he is holy okay and by holy what we mean by that is he is other than okay so god is other than he's unlike any of us and so therefore he is able to have all of these attributes—love, just, you know, being, you know, being just, righteous, merciful, all-powerful, all-knowing—he can hold all of these attributes perfectly together. Okay. It doesn't have to be divided up. Like he doesn't have to like withhold one to act on another. Okay. Refrain from one to act on another. He just acts as God in complete wholeness and in unity. Of who he is in and of himself, and so so murder is just one part of
0: the wholeness of God.
1: <laughs> no, no. So murder is an action, okay, that God is not doing because God's not murdering <laughs> okay. in the way you're phrasing it. And so is God is God killing people? Sure, I'll go with that. All right, I just don't want to say murder. You know, usually means we have we have taken we have taken a life and it's equated with the idea of sin okay the okay. idea of doing something that which is against god and so that's where we're saying i don't want to i'm trying to make a differentiation between murder and between god taking a life okay all right so as we discuss a really difficult topic topic today because we're going to get into some hard Passages of scripture to understand, and and or not I don't know. They're hard to understand. They're pretty straightforward in a lot of ways. They're hard to take in. I think that they are. Yeah, they can be difficult to look at and go, man how how do I how do I put my head around the fact that God is love? What you're talking about and this and that's why I want to make sure we're starting off with a proper framework of the nature of God and the essence of God is God is holy and in his holiness and in his, you know, that's in his essence. Yes. God is loving and God is just. All right. And so, but I don't want us to get the idea that love somehow trumps all other attributes. All right. And instead of me answering a broad sweeping question about why does he just murder people on mass? Right. Um, how about we look at a couple of individual examples of what you're alluding to? All right. right? So
0: first one is Noah. So in the story of Noah, Noah, why did God murder people en masse?
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, you're just going to keep using that phrase, aren't so you? So
0: much love pouring down from the heavens in the form of water that drowned <laughs> literally everyone except the only guy with a boat.
1: Okay, yes that's somewhat true true the way you framed it. Okay. (laughs) So all right. Genesis six. All right, so (laughs) And we're using this
0: story because it's the best form of God using magic powers or whatever to kill a lot of people.
1: Yeah, sure. So it's all the magic powers, dear Lord. All right. So Genesis 6 is the beginning of the story of Noah. Okay? Okay. And so what Nate's referring to here is this story in which God causes a flood to go across the whole earth. And But before the flood comes, he tells an individual named Noah who God says is righteous and is blameless among his generation. And so, in other words, Noah is someone who is walking with God, it says. Okay. And so he tells Noah to build this boat, this was referred to as an ark, and to build this boat. And he and his family will survive the worldwide flood and also will survive, not just they will survive. But it says bring in two of every kind, okay, and so and this doesn't mean like two of every species of animal, okay. So this is dealing like you know if you go through like the categories, right? Mm. Of create it, so it's dealing with fam, the family, okay. okay. So um, like all felines, right? Mm. So it's not dealing with like two of every single. I mean, you would just there should be no way, right? All right. But in the days of Noah though God says that that the world is just full of wickedness completely. And so in chapter 6, verse 5, when the Lord saw that human wickedness was widespread on the earth and that every inclination of the human mind was nothing but evil all the time, the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth and he was deeply grieved. And so the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I created off the face of the earth, together with the animals, creatures that crawl, and birds of the sky. For I regret that I made them. Noah, however, found favor with the Lord. And I think in here is the beginning of getting some clarity of what God is doing. So in verse 12, it says, God saw how corrupt the earth was, for every creature had corrupted its way on the earth. And what we have here is not just humanity or humankind having wickedness, but all of the earth is corrupted. So all of creation, including animals. How was that possible? Okay. They don't have souls, right? So if we back this up to Adam and Eve in the garden, okay, okay? pre sin, okay, right. So if we back this up to that point, there are animals in in that garden, Mm -hmm. but none of those animals are eating each other. Okay. Okay. So they're they're living off of plants and vegetation. Mm -hmm. All right. And so, what happens is that over a period of time, you develop the sense of some animals become carnivores.
0: The dinosaurs.
1: Dinosaurs. Okay. I got no problem with this. We're won't, we going won't to put dinosaurs in here. All right. We can start dropping dinosaurs in. That's so fine.
0: God wanted to wipe out the dinosaurs. So
1: well, and I'm not saying just the dinosaurs. So, we
0: killed everyone.
1: <laughs> no, I'm Too saying. Too many
0: dinosaurs. <laughs>
1: What I'm saying here is that the earth had become so corrupt. Humanity had become corrupt, and even the animal kingdom had become corrupt. Okay. Okay? And so God is literally needing to cleanse the earth, like renew the earth, start creation again, because the corruption and the wickedness had gotten to such a high point. Okay. And so God's whole design of creation— was for the purpose of having a people that would be with him and having a creation, all of creation, that would worship him. Well, that's pretty much gone out the window at this point okay. in Noah's in Noah in Noah's days. Okay, so it's pretty much going out the window. And so God is having to look at all of that's going on on the earth, and He's having to make a, a call, basically, of. Do I just wipe all wipe out everything and start completely over? Mm. because there, it says all of their hearts are inclined toward evil. okay they're, in other words, they're inclined away from God, everyone's hearts.
0: So in order except to, for Noah, in order to get more people in the future to love God and go to heaven, Mm-hmm. He had to get rid of all the wickedness because they would have passed down their wickedness Correct. to each other. Correct.
1: It all it was all that was happening was wickedness continued to increase and grow. Okay. And Noah was the only one. What we know is that it says in verse nine here of Genesis 6 that Noah was righteous, blameless among his contemporaries. And that Noah walked with God. That's what we know about Noah. Okay. Okay. And so I'm not even going to sit here and say he's perfect or those kind of things. Um, it's just obviously it's. And I love the way it's phrased that he was righteous, blameless, compared to his contemporaries. In other words, when when or among his contemporaries, when you compare him to the others that were living in that day. What's a contemporary? Yeah, like so a peer. Okay. Like those that were so humanity other humans. Okay. okay. Compared to all other humans, Noah was walking with God and was more blameless and righteous than they were.
0: So he was the only one walking with God then.
1: It's, it seems that way. Okay. Yep. What about his family? So he's got three kids, uh three sons. Were they walking with God? We we don't know. Okay. Um and so but they are spared. All right. Whether that's because of Noah or for their sakes. You based know for upon, the sake of
0: keeping humanity Humanity going going, right
1: and i think that's probably more likely Mm -hmm. and
0: we'll get into incest in another podcast
1: (laughs) fantastic yeah because yeah that take too long to get there from here um (laughs) and so but yeah so so what's going on is that noah and in his family are spared and saved and so now when the when the you know when the waters hit and it rains, you know we hear we hear the story, right? Right. It rains for forty days, forty nights. Well, most of us don't think about the fact that it's like a it's like a year while they're in the boat. Why? Because it takes that long for the waters to subside and dry, oh. and the earth to dry, and so they're in the boat for quite a long time. Um, and plenty to eat. Plenty to eat. <laughs> Yeah, just the animals they got there. The, the dinosaurs. Yeah, dinosaurs. <laughs> and so That's how you would
0: have done it too. Like if you were gonna get rid of one species, you would get rid of the biggest one because that would feed you for the longest.
1: It's true, but that's not what they did at the boat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so did they fish. I don't because the fish didn't have to die.
1: Yeah, fish yeah. I guess they could have fished. Okay. Uh
0: God liked him, so he probably sent him like bread or whatever. Yeah, God didn't like him. Yeah.
1: That's true. Yeah. So he was they they brought in they brought with them a truckload, well, I guess a boatload <laughs> of of grain and food and everything else. So. Joseph's
0: doing the funnies now.
1: <laughs> yeah, you see how well that goes. All right, so um but, yeah, so there's all right, so what I'm saying here is is did what God do? Was it a loving act? Mm-hmm. Yes, okay, was it a just act? Yeah, they actually, they all deserved it. Okay? okay And I think one of the things that we can get caught up on is the fact that regardless of when we die, everybody's dying mm-hmm. at some point. And so the question is not, is death? Is, is God taking life this bad, horrible, awful thing? It's a matter of when life is actually taken through what means. And, and then the fact that we all deserve judgment. Okay. And so God taking life and exercising judgment this side of eternity, I think that's what bothers us. To some degree. Oh, okay. I understand. But the reality is we're dying at some point. Okay. And judgment's happening.
0: So it's just, it doesn't matter when that happens. Right. Because it's going to happen at some
1: point. Right. Okay. And I think that's what maybe troubles us a little bit about it. And then we also get to the point of, well, well, but why can God do that? Or is it okay for God to do that? And this is where I'm saying God's not murdering people. God created life. Okay. so therefore God can take life we as cre- as creations as, or we as you know creatures we are we are not we, we are we don't have that ultimate final say to say I won't take this life okay, okay. now again I already know where people's heads are going with this mm-hmm. all right. So I think we should do a whole other episode on like death penalty.
0: I and I literally almost asked you a question about that. Yeah, I was like, okay, so politics time. Here we go. (laughs) Right. Should we kill people? The government.
1: Right. Yeah, uh, I think we should have a whole discussion on on um, on the death penalty, on euthanasia, all that. You know, even even have a discussion on you know war. I'm going to
0: have opinions on those things.
1: All right. Me too. Oh, good. So, <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah, I think we can have a whole other conversation on those things. But, point being, is that God, as the creator of life, also, because he's creator, can also take life.
0: Okay. Yeah. Whenever he wants to do it. Correct. Okay. So, let's talk about a different time when okay. God decided to murder a bunch of people, but he didn't do it. He had Israel, I guess, do it, right? Mm-hmm. Israel? Yeah, okay. that's correct. So Israel killed the Amalekites. So why does God outsource his murders to his people and get them to do it, and is it okay
1: that they do that, and how is that love? And how is that love? Okay. All right. And remember, we're asking how is it love and how is it just, right? right. Both. How is it just love? All right. So so (laughs) with the Amalekites that Nate's referring to here, all right, so the first time that we really get a picture of their interactions with Israel is actually when God is delivering the Israelites from Egypt. Okay. So he's delivering the Israelites from Egypt. They've been in slavery for over 400 years. And God has allowed them to leave Egypt, and God is leading them. He What he wants to do is also be lead them into the promised land, or the land of Canaan. And in Exodus 17, what we see is that the Amalekites actually attack the Israelites. Okay. Exodus 17, what happens here is that the Amalekites and the Israelites end up having um, or end up basically going to war or battle with each other. And this is the episode in Scripture, some people may remember this, where... There's a battle going on, and Joshua is actually leading the battle. Moses is sitting up away from the battle, being able to look onto it. And as long as his arms are raised, his hands are raised, then they're actually winning that battle. Okay. If his arms fall, the Israelites stop winning the battle. And, and this is the story of Aaron and her. And they're lifting up Moses' hands, and as long as they're doing that, Israelites are winning the battle. The Bible's weird. It's got some weird stuff in there, yeah. And uh, and why was it set up this way? Don't know, but it was. Um, I think a lot of it was just because of the it's an evidence of showing—I think really what's going on at this point in time is the evidence of showing Moses' leadership and authority with the people of Israel. Okay, God is— Once again, securing Moses's leadership for this people. Okay, so you think
0: he was watching and like if there was someone down there he didn't like, he would just put his hands down real quick, (laughs) and then put him back up. And then that that one guy got stabbed. (laughs) Then he was back at it. Then he was back at it, and everyone else was. They were all winning again.
1: (laughs) I hope that's not the way it was playing (laughs) out. Um, And so, but this is. So they have this battle, and then ultimately the Lord tells Moses after the battle that to write down on a scroll a reminder, okay? Okay. A reminder for Joshua, okay? And this is so amazing to me because God is telling Moses to to write it down, have Joshua recite it, and memorize it because Joshua's going to need to know this later on. Okay. Okay. And what he says is, I will completely blot out the memory of Amalek under heaven. And that sounds like a pretty intense statement, and it is, because what God is saying is, I am going to completely wipe out the Amalekites.
0: But they're in the Bible. Yeah. So... We remembered.
1: Them. We do remember them. So, so we do remember. We remember them in form, maybe, but no one knows what they did. Okay. Yeah. So, and then once again in Deuteronomy 25, and this is where I think a lot of us, you know, we continue to go. Okay, so God wants to take care of the Amalekites. We once again have this reminder to remember what the Amalekites did to you on the journey after you left Egypt. They met you along the way and attacked all of your stragglers from behind when you were tired and weary. They did not fear God. And when the Lord your God gives you rest from all the enemies around you in the land, the Lord your God is giving you to possess as an inheritance, blot out the memory of Amalek under heaven. Do not forget. So, once again, God is charging for the Amalekites to be wiped out. And it's interesting here, we're giving like another insight that the Amalekites were actually going from behind and killing the stragglers, which would have been the elderly people, which would have been women, which would have been children. Okay. And so they're actually picking off the weakest parts of Israel, okay? And that's when they eventually go to battle. But, and so that's the Amalekites. It's kind of like, so that's the beginning of the introduction to them, they are actually descendants of Esau.
0: Esau was the third
1: son of... Esau was the brother of Jacob. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. And so Jacob... He's who's, the one that was supposed to get the money. Being of the inheritance, yeah. everything else. Yep. All right. And so Jacob, who whose name changes to Israel...
0: Right.
1: And so the Israelites come from Jacob... The Israelites are in this kind of constant form of conflict with the Amalekites, right. who are descendants of Esau. Okay. And so it's kind of like these
0: the it's like Amalekites want, want, their,
1: want their money back. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Basically, right. And so they're upset that they lost basically their their inheritance okay. that they took their birthright. Right. So, all right. Then in 1 Samuel 15, and this is the part I think with the Amalekites that it just, this is kind of what just flies all over people. So in 1 Samuel chapter 15, in verse 3, now go and attack the Amalekites and completely destroy everything they have. Do not spare them. Kill men and women, infants and nursing babies, oxen and sheep, camels and donkeys. So kill babies. Kill them all. Okay. And so... This is about four hundred years later. After after they were supposed to not remember them anymore. Right. After okay. the Lord tells them to blot out their memory, right? Four hundred yeah. years later. And he's telling them to do this. And the, the idea of blotting out their memory is not like we won't actually ever remember them anymore, right? It's right. an it's just an idiom. In other just words just make sure they don't continue. Make sure they don't continue. Okay. Correct. And so so the Amalekites have had basically four hundred years to repent. Oh, okay. But in this sense, they basically had 400 years to repent.
0: And stop trying to kill and, all the Israelites, and, women, and children.
1: and Yeah, and and, and stop messing with the Israelites and okay. let them be. And that doesn't seem to be like they just keep wanting to go back to battle and back to war okay. with the Israelites. And so finally, God's just had enough. Right. And a lot of this has to do with the time period they're in. So this is dealing with Samuel. Saul is the king. Right. Right. God needs the Amalekites to be wiped out because David is about to become king after Saul. Which is, he, so, okay. And here's, the, here's why this is a big deal. All right. Jesus comes from the line of David. Right. Okay. So if there's no David, like if the, oh, Amalekites, if the Amalekites, if they just, win right, if they win and, and kill David, or they just wipe out the Israelites, David never ascends to the throne the okay. Jews, the Jews, the Israelites lose their land. It, it just starts this massive, okay. uh, uh, you know, uh, turn of events, yeah. right? And and so it's at this point God is just like it's done, and and it sounds so crazy because you're like, man, they're gonna kill everybody. But remember, they again they've had four hundred years or so to repent, and any time a group repents, God has mercy. Okay. okay. Anytime a group repents, God has mercy Like the Ninevites.
0: Like every other king in Israel?
1: Yeah. Like, I mean, you see those kings in Israel. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just, they do horrible things. And then, you know, they they cry out to the Lord right. and he actually spares them. Right. Uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Sorry, Oops. everyone. <laughs> Sorry about you. Yeah. Sorry, I got us almost all killed. Yeah. Right. And so, um, but like the Ninevites are probably the biggest example of this. The Ninevites are in, you know, so, so city of Nineveh is the capital of Assyria, and which is uh, is a pretty wicked nation and mm. and against God and His people. And the Ninevites repent when they hear the gospel, or when they hear the message of the kingdom from Jonah. They repent, and God spares them. Oh, right, that was that story. Yeah, okay. and God That's spares cool. them, and so which one's the story of like the earth?
0: Opening up and everybody falling
1: in. Okay, so that happens a couple of different times. Oh, yeah, um, but probably the one you're thinking about is the instance where it happens with Moses and the is actually the Israelites. Oh, yeah, and so it's actually God's judgment on the Israelites. He just which we will get to here in a little bit, but there's actually like we have to remember God doesn't just bring judgment upon those that are not his, quote-unquote, his people, but he brings judgment upon his own house, too.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. And so, um, and that was just during the time of the wilderness. So he kills everyone. Hey, it's, like, it's, I, it's equal. It's okay. equal. See, e- it's all equal. Right? Equal murders. Yeah. <laughs> equal opportunity, right? right? And so, but with this story, though, and I understand what the problem that gets was gets us, it's like, all right, so are we killing the kids? The babies. The babies? Says babies. Says babies. Yeah. Are we killing the babies? Yes. The answer to that question is yes. And that sounds like horrendous, terrible. Why would God allow that? Well, two things. One, the Amalekite people are so wicked, okay? Okay. And so it's not like they're like this just nice bunch who happen to disagree theologically of who God is, Right. Right. So they're just a wicked people doing wicked things, and the whole culture, the whole—I mean, it's the whole national, like I say, national, but like the the nation, uh-huh. right—is so corrupt, mm-hmm. and the people in it. Now, do I believe that over that time period there might have been some Amalekites that were like, "Man, I don't want to be a part of this. I'm out of here." Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. But at this point, but they didn't leave. Some kill Those that didn't right. leave, right? It, we, we've got to end them. And remember, though, that for children, when they die as children, they're going to heaven. Okay. So actually, in regards to the children. That's the best life. This is merciful.
0: That's the best. Yeah. All right.
1: Yeah. So they're actually getting to escape a completely corrupt Oh, Culture, okay. Get out of it. Not be a part of it. Gotcha. And just be in heaven, and, it's and just be in heaven. Okay. Forever. And so, and I know that's, that's that's the best life to live. It is the best life. Yeah, that's the best one. Yeah, and like I think that the the one of the issues that we have is we see so much of all of this through very temporal lenses, right? Okay. Well, how? But isn't death bad? Well. Not for those of us who are believers, death is actually leading us into a better place, okay? Okay. But even for these children, in this situation, death is actually, again, leading them to escape cruelty, escape possibly being sacrificed, because they were doing child sacrifices and everything else. Oh, they were? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And so, to escape all of this, and now have the opportunity to be with the Lord forever and eternity... Okay. If the Amalekites
0: heaven. were sacrificing children to, like, evil spirits or whatever, does the evil spirits get the children,
1: or is God taking them to heaven? No, no, no. The children—okay, I see what you're saying. No, when children die, they're going to heaven. Okay. Yeah. So Isaiah speaks of— So even if you, like, dedicate your your
0: baby to the devil when mm-hmm, it's born, right? if it dies— Mm-hmm. It's
1: still going to heaven. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely, because because we're judged. Well, Isaiah talks about the time frame for a child to like at a certain point, a child begins to know right and wrong. Right. But before that time frame, mm. yeah. If that if that baby is dedicated to Satan and that child dies, you know, whether at that moment. Or part of or, or, human
0: sacrifice, or part of
1: a human sacrifice later on, you know, a few years later, or whatever. You no, know, that and that they're a child; they're still going to go to heaven. Okay, yeah. So, when we look at the Amalekites, God did use His people. Okay, mm-hmm. and I think that when we when we see this, God using His people, that it's not just all right. God used His people to wipe out the Amalekites is also showing to the nations around Israel that their god is with them. So it's good for other people to be able to look and see that Israel's god okay is this powerful, is this strong. That, means, again, that may again that may sound strange to us today but culturally at the time that was the way that 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 countries would see things. Okay was, oh, they won this battle. Oh, they won this war. Oh, their kingdom is flourishing. Therefore, their God must be great.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, you just mentioned that he killed all the Amalekites. And in Noah, none of the people that he murdered Mm -hmm. were walking with God. and But we also talked about God swallowing up a bunch of Israelites. Mm -hmm. So were all, like, in Noah, they were all bad, Mm -hmm. like, wicked or whatever. In the Amalekites were all wicked. Mm -hmm. But it were all the people that God killed in Israel wicked? Okay. So in all these instances, is God always killing just wicked people, or is he also, like, catching some good people in the crossfire?
1: Uh, That's a good question. That's a really good question, actually. Yeah, so... For the example I mentioned earlier, or like, well, you had actually mentioned the time when the Earth opened up. Yeah. Okay. So that was what's known as the rebellion um, of Korah. Okay. And he's basically rebelling against Moses and saying, "Why should you really be the leader? Okay. I should. You know, like maybe we don't want your leadership anymore. He's
0: okay? got a magic stick. <laughs> That's why he's a leader.
1: That's right. Exactly." <laughs> Yeah, so in numbers chapter 16 it tells the story that you were mentioned in regards to like the earth opening up mm-hmm. and what happened was again Korah was challenging the leadership of Moses. Okay. And so God was just and, and Moses was put out with him, God was put out with him. And so those that were sided with Korah, all of those all of those families. Okay. So Korah those that were siding within their families were the earth just opened up and they all just died. Okay. Yep. So and, it was like
0: Lucifer and the rebellion.
1: Mm-hmm, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, well, yeah. So, what we're getting to in this is that where you see death like this, right? Okay. It's God's judgment against wickedness. Okay. Okay.
0: And in today's terms, mm-hmm. they could have been people who were Christian but decided to like be bad Christians and like made the conscious decision to to do it not just like hey I messed up today
1: yeah 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 like a conscious decision okay yeah so so this is the people of God obviously the Old Testament and so you see the examples of this and then you know uh, the other example which is, a big one as well, is the Israelites um, being judged for their idol worship. Okay. And God sends them into exile. And so through two different movements of exile, he sends one group to Assyria, another group to Babylon. When was this? So this was during the reign of, so right. So what happened was so after King Solomon,
0: okay. So after King oh, Solomon, okay.
1: so the Old Testament still yeah. after King Solomon, then Israel, the Northern Kingdom rebelled. Okay. Or, or not rebelled. They just they were worshiping idols, and pretty much what you see is a whole history of the Northern Kingdom. All right. So after Solomon, I mean, real quick. After Solomon. The the Israel was divided into two kingdoms. Okay. Northern kingdom, southern kingdom. The northern kingdom, which was called Israel, had all wicked kings.
0: Okay. All the time,
1: just their their kings were just constantly wicked. Wasn't one good one among them.
0: What's the deal with idols? Like, why do they always find idols? They were always assimilating
1: the worship of uh, of other gods and idols from other cultures. Oh. Yeah.
0: To like gain more kingdom people.
1: Or just because they liked those gods or they married into those gods. Oh. Yeah. And so which is what was happening a lot with the kings. They were marrying individuals that were not Israelites. Gotcha. So for example, like King Ahab marries someone who's not a uh, worshiper of Yahweh, not an Israelite. She brings her gods with her. And you know, and oh, okay. they're assimilated in as part of the worship. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so God eventually judges Israel. They're all sent out, uh, or they're exiled to Assyria, um, and then because Assyria came in, defeated Israel, took took away people. And then you know, the southern kingdom falls after that, and Babylon comes in and takes away exiles, and it, it eventually ends up. Just destroying the city of Jerusalem and the temple, and so point. I think a great point in all of this is that God is not just judging those who are quote unquote outside His people. Okay, He's judging His house as well. Okay, Um, and we actually see this in the New Testament. Okay, so actually with Christians, Um, I don't know if you remember in Acts chapter five the story of Ananias and Sapphira.
0: Yeah, but and, yes, they they cheated on their taxes or something,
1: right? <laughs>
0: something, that like,
1: something like that. Okay. Yeah, basically they they said, "Oh yeah, we're going to give this much," right, to God, and they didn't. Okay, so they were they were lying, right? Oh. They were they were intentionally, consciously lying, okay, to the Holy Spirit, and and so in Acts five, Ananias just falls dead. And then, you know, his wife comes in, and Peter basically says, hey, do you understand why this guy just died? And she's like, I don't know what happened. And then she drops dead, too. Oh. And so so you— <laughs> Did you, he just keep doing that? What's that? Like, hey, <laughs> do you know why she just died? <laughs> well, it does say that great fear came across all the community. So, you know, um, but yeah, so I think that it is good to realize that God— wasn't just doing that even in the Old Testament. Actually, these things are happening in the New Testament as well. Okay. Yeah. And then, I mean, of course, the, the, the greatest judgment of all is found in Revelation. When everyone dies. Yeah. When there's, yeah, I mean, it talks about blood being up to the horse's bri- bridle for 180 miles. On earth? On earth. It does? Uh huh. I gotta go through that again. Yeah. In Revelation 14? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Someone bought me the um, the action Bible, <coughs> like the graphic. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it's awesome. Yeah. It's pretty cool, but Revelation's only like four pages long. Oh, really? I was like, the coolest stuff is in Revelation. Why is it only four pages and it doesn't show anything? And I didn't read it because I was bad.
1: Yeah. I guess it's because... Is, is it actually Bible for kids? Is that what it is? I don't know. Yeah. I wonder if, in other words, the target audience is kids. so Let's don't show blood up to the horse's bridle for 180 well, that's miles. That's dope. Why would you not put that in the graphic? <laughs> it's in the Bible. In the, I agree with you. It's in the Bible. Put it in there. Right. Let the kids ask questions. Right. I, I wholeheartedly... My... my My son, my oldest son has actually both my boys have an action bible. Why is she
0: having sex with his dad with her dad?
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Put it in the action Bible. (laughs) Well uh, I don't know. (laughs) But I do agree with you that there that we don't need to sanitize scripture. Right. Yeah. I think sometimes we feel like we have to apologize for God. Yeah. So, like, I don't have to apologize for God. He's God, right? I I think that's one of the craziest things to me. It's like, sometimes even in these discussions we're having today, it's like you're having to put God on the... Like, like He's on the defense somehow. Well, that's why it's called apologetics, right? Right. We're not... A, no. <laughs> Apologia does not mean apologize. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it means to give a defense of. Well, right. Yeah. And I do think sometimes... Even that can be 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 the wrong starting point, right? In other words, uh, yeah, yeah. Because defending, defending. Okay, and I'm not saying we don't try to have reason. You know, like I'm big the idea of having faith and reason, right? Like we can have a reasonable faith. So I'm for that, Uh, but I also really think that like what we talked about earlier, because God created life, Mm -hmm. and He's the creator. Ultimately, everything is His call, right? You know and if he's king ultimately everything's his call. And so we just we're we're just here with it in the midst of it. But I do think it's healthy to see how God is loving and God is just in the midst of things that we don't really love or you know or understand. I mean like when you talk about the story of Noah or the story of the Amalekites like it's not like those give me the warm fuzzies, you know. When yeah. I read those, like they they're bothersome. They should be bothersome. They're jolting. They should be jolting. Uh. You know, they're not there to just read and be like, oh, that's that's nice. Way to go, God. Right? It's it's more like it should serve as a reminder that there really is a God who is over all of this, and even when we don't necessarily understand it all or like it all that there can be something somehow assuring that he's still loving and he's still just. And so I know the question can get, like, so for the Amalekites, for example, well, but how was he really loving, just killing all those people? Like, how was he, you know, how was that loving? How was that just? Well, it was definitely just. They deserved it, Mm -hmm. right? And it was loving to the children, but overall, overarching, it was loving to the nations. Because like we talked about earlier, yeah. If, if they had, if the Amalekites had wiped out Israel, right? Or they had defeated Saul and then they had defeated, and then, you know, they, David never ascended to the throne or they eventually don't get killed off by Saul. So they are able to attack David and they kill him. It, it's, everything is getting jacked up going forward. And one of the things that God has that we do not have is an, is the sense of all knowingness, right? Yeah. So in other words, he can look into the future and know what's coming, and therefore know how to, you know, it's like it is like checkers in some way, right? Yeah, moving the piece. He's he's way ahead okay. in his moving of pieces on that board mm-hmm. to ensure that his that the Messiah comes at the right place and at the right time and is able to come from the right people group. King so. me. Yes, sir.
0: (laughs) All right. So, how does God decide who to magically kill with water that doesn't exist and drown everyone and, like, swallow people up on the earth, you know, through powers that we don't possess versus use his people or people? in general, to murder people that he wants murdered.
1: Okay. Yeah, so.
0: Like, how does he decide what to do? Right,
1: right. First of all, simply, you may have to ask that question to God. Okay. But I'll give you my best shot. How about that? Okay. My best answer. All right. You see God really acting directly in a, a few different areas. Well, maybe two primary one the flood, yeah. Okay, and and I'm going to tie that in with what happens also the end times. Okay, you're right because it's dealing with large com- cosmos, you know, or or global mm. event, right? And so God's dealing on a large, big scale picture there, but we also see that repeatedly, like in the story we read about Korah in number sixteen we see that repeatedly happening with his own people. He's constantly doing these types of judgments supernaturally against his own people. Okay. You know, and, and then in regards to when does he use his own people? Mm-hmm. Okay, when does, so, like in the Old Testament, you read the Old Testament, when does he choose to use Israel, for example? Okay. Right. And it seems that God Chooses to use Israel when these when he wants to fight a battle against their country and wants to establish, establish excuse me, a reputation of being great among the nations. Okay. And it's going about what we talked about before with the idea that in you know when you look at this time frame and their understanding of war and their understanding of God and who gives power, and those types of things. It always points back to, oh, if Israel continues to win battles, their God must be stronger, more powerful than the gods of those they, they are defeating. Mm-hmm. So every time the Israelites defeated the Amalekites, or every time the Israelites defeated the Canaanites, it was, or the Philistines, it was establishing that, that God that the Israelites' God was more powerful than the God of the Philistines, the Amalekites, or the Canaanites.
0: So when you keep saying that the God of the Israelites seemed to be more powerful than other gods, does that mean doing something at all? Or were the gods of all the other groups, like, doing stuff like this for them? Like, was... So we've established before that that demons or whatever mm-hmm. are behind the idols okay. that people mm-hmm. are worshiping. Mm-hmm. So are those demons doing magic to help out these people groups, and they're just seeing Israel and going, "Wow, that God seems like he could kick our God's ass."
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I,
0: I'm gonna go be with them.
1: Yeah, I think I think one, I think okay, yeah, there can be some truth to that. that okay. There's some supernatural thing going on. But I think in another way, like, their gods are just false gods, right? They're not real gods. Right. And so there, there, there is a reality as well that they're just believing that their power, you know, or okay. their winds are coming from a god.
0: Right. I understand that. But yeah. I'm asking, like, are that, are those gods, like, doing magic stuff for them?
1: Oh, I see what you're saying.
0: And so they're seeing God, you know, like—
1: rip open the earth or whatever. Right, right. And they're like, wow, that's way cooler than my God. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I will say yes to this. I will say yes. Because, for example, remember in Egypt when Pharaoh had his own magicians doing things? Right. And so, yeah, I am. Right, because they made snakes, but then.
0: Right, but then Moses's snake ate they, they, the other that's snakes. That's correct. Okay, that's correct. So they were actually able to, yeah, to do were actually, actual magic. And correct. Stuff. Okay. Correct. But it was like, yeah, my stick ate your stick. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: So what then? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. <laughs> okay. So God says I shouldn't kill people. Yep. And I know you've just given a bunch of explanations about why God can kill people. Mm-hmm. But if I'm just looking at it and going, well, like, what's the what's the difference? Why do I get punished by him for killing people when mm-hmm. he kills people? Like, what if I killed an evil person mm-hmm. that was doing evil? Sure. But they weren't currently doing evil at the time, so I just killed someone. <laughs> yeah. Like, what's the difference?
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. There's a huge difference between God taking one's life Verse if we take a life. And we said this before, but if God is the creator of life, therefore it's within his purview to be able to take that life. But because we're creation, we're not allowed to just take another's life. Um and we'll have a future nuanced discussion on a you know on death penalty and euthanasia and just war theory and everything else. But yes, that's the biggest distinction between God as a creator and us as His creation, Mm -hmm. Um, and Romans actually tells us to not take vengeance, for vengeance is the Lord's. Okay, and so I think we have to. He says, "Give space for the vengeance of God. Give room for the vengeance of God." And I think that's the biggest thing we have to. We have to give that space for God's vengeance and God's wrath. Okay. instead of us stepping in and taking a life ourselves.
0: Well, that was a lot of the talk, talking about death. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Cool. <laughs> this is the end of death discussion.
1: Well, well I hope it I hope it brought some insight for some people. It wasn't just, oh my god, so much death. Well, anyway, You can
0: find the podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, YouTube, and Rumble. You can follow updates on the podcast on Facebook and Instagram at When I Heard This Podcast. Go to Patreon, $5. Click subscribe, like, up thumbs, not down thumbs, notifications. Do all those things around all the videos and the things that you're watching the podcast on. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Nate NateRobinsoff, and you can follow Joseph on Instagram at RevJot. This has been the winner of this podcast, and we will see you guys next time.
1: Bye.